Welcome back to another episode of There's Levels to This Shit. I am your host, Renee. And I am your co-host, Michelle. And today we are talking about corporate to creative with Sophie Jones. How are you doing, babe? Hello. <laughs> Thank you. You're Thank good? You for having me. No, no, no problem, problem at all. Thanks for coming down. It's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited because this is our kind of, well, we've done other ones with people, but this is our first one with, that we're like, Let's talk about something different than what we have been talking about because we haven't really covered the topic of like going from corporate to creative because normally it's the other way around. People are like going from creative to corporate land. So I wanted to like talk about a little bit about your history and what you started off doing in corporate land. Okay. And how come you started in corporate yeah, land? How come? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, well... Yeah, what were you doing? Story. Um, no, I um, I'm a, I have a business degree, so okay. that is why she's a smart lady. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, to be to in honesty, I um, I went to a school where the arts wasn't really encouraged so much. Mm. It was, but like my art class at A level was like five people, mm. so you know, it was very kind of like accounting, like or just get a job at you know, very corporate level and, and they didn't really encourage going to uni for arts. So I kind of really felt like I needed to go and study business. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, you can't earn money doing art. <laughs> what the hell is that? Was that also <laughs> from your parents as well? Or was that just everyone um, else around you? Probably like lack of exposure for my parents. My mm -hmm. parents have been very, very supportive of everything I do, but they aren't exposed to that. My dad's mm. an engineer, my mum's in events. Like, it's like, just kind of just- well, Your mum's in something yeah, creative. Yeah, creative. Uh, corporate events. Oh, uh, okay. Accountancy, <laughs> like all the, all the fun stuff. <laughs> no, they've, um, yeah, it's not, yeah, not very exciting jobs, but going to uni, I basically ri figured out I'd really like to party. <laughs> and um, I started throwing raves. I started oh. throwing raves at uni. You threw them yourself? Oh, yeah, I sold right. out like a thousand capacity clubs. Wow. Really? I was a very rich student. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. I was making, oh, I shouldn't be serious. I was, student, I was, I was a student named Baller. He was actually making like your money. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was like, I was, going, I, was going, I was going uni in my cabs. Like I was getting cabs to lectures. I thought I was the shit. I was like, who do, who do I think I am? <laughs> I, like, everyone's wearing like Rimmel makeup. I was like there with Chanel, you know. I was just like, yeah, making money. But um, you were there with Chanel, you know. <laughs> you know when everyone's like proper like on their grants and they're like, I must yeah, say. that was me. <laughs> no, but I was like that for the first few months, and then I realized I was in Kent, and like I was like, wow. You well, you money. went to Kent Uni. Yeah, and you was doing that. My cousin went there. She didn't ask her about Aztec. It's a legendary. <laughs> oh, I've heard about Aztec. Yeah, yeah. that's your party. <laughs> yeah, back in the day when Aztec was like cool, like yeah. you know, like yeah. the the print and stuff. Yeah. I was like, yeah, let's call it Aztec. <laughs> but um, no, basically, um, no. All jokes aside, a uh, few parties, and then I was then simultaneously going back to London to party as well. Mm. So I used to just, my dad just bought me a camera and I was like 18, like a very entry level camera. And I was like, oh my God, thanks. And um, I just started taking pictures of my friends raving. Mm. Um, and that's how my 
my career evolved really. I I've I've it came from shooting parties. I was just like I was like in the heyday where London parties were like the shit. Like, cool, like yeah. well not even that. It's just like when parties were like regular. Like you'd go like yo-yos every Thursday, bump mm-hmm. every Friday, Saturday work it, living proof, all of that. So I was kind of going to all those events and then you know all the artists and that were going mm. and then they'd be like yo i really like your pictures i was like okay cool yeah, that's literally <laughs> how you, so how did you decide to like oh fuck business i'm gonna take <clears throat> the route down and be a photographer when was the so that, that went on like, that went on f- years later so i was kind of like so you know i was I, I was going back and forth throwing my parties in in kent um, I did a couple of them in London, and then I was, and then I was also shoot taking my camera out, or whatever, and um, and I don't know, like basically a couple of brands started hitting me up, like when Instagram was becoming a thing, brands were like, shit, okay, we need to actually, you know, ad- adapt the times, because mm. when Instagram came, I was like, how am I gonna make money? Like, I'm not gonna get paid for Instagram. It's a weird concept now, because you're like, you get paid now you know, to yeah. shoot content for Instagram, mm. but at that time, I was like. People are just gonna take my pictures and then I'm not gonna mm. get paid. And you didn't I didn't understand the concept, but then brands started hitting me up like um I think my friend I think I remember Claire Berman hitting me up for like an ASOS thing, like, Oh yeah, we've got like hundred and fifty quid, blah 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 and I was like, Wow <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'll do that. You like money. <laughs> but I was just like, I get paid to party, this is sick. <laughs> but um uh, once I started coming in, I was also doing my nine to five. Um and I was working at um, a conferencing uh, company, global events companies, like a produce, like a put in production, mm. so and sales and whatever. Um, and I basically started to realize, I don't know, I was just basically doing these jobs on the weekend or whatever. And then I was like figuring out what I earn a year with my salary. Like when you know when you break it down, mm. you're like, right, I'm really earning this much month, uh, much money an hour. I'm like, am I a dickhead? Because <laughs> like, I was like, wait a second, I'm earning this doing this party, and then I'm earning this, I'm working my ass off like doing this. And obviously the potential to earn more money. It's so much, and I'm um, really yeah. dri- driven, obviously as well I did sales, because I'm obviously driven by that like, like there's yeah. no like end to what I could earn. You yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm obviously motivated well. by that. And mm. like, I like to know that, my earning power is like continuously yeah, growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's still like that now. And I'm yeah. like, okay, how much more can I earn? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a game for me. I love yeah, it. But I you like you've been a hustler from day. Yeah. I've been <laughs> hustling. Like any hustle you can find, you're like, I'm going to do that. No, yeah. my agent and like partisan, both my agents, they, my nickname is The Hustler because I just, I don't know. I just I just walk walk my way into shit. And so like where did where did where did the hustle come from? Because your dad obviously had a nine to five. Your mum had a nine to five. Did they have that same hustle? No. no. Like we, I just come from a very like normal family that you know where you know money wasn't in abundance. Some days we'd have to choose like one year we'd have to choose between my dad buying a shed and going on holiday. And yeah. I was like, Dad, why did you pick the shed? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I come, I come from a very, like, just ordinary, like, family. And, you know, they didn't earn a huge amount. So, mm. you know, they obviously were quite content with, you know, the lives that they'd built. Mm. So I definitely didn't come from them. They're very, very hardworking, though. My mum's mm. from Liverpool. She's, like, northern girl. And my dad's Maybe from the hardworking. Kent. Like, they're very, like hard works like yeah, in their the blood yeah yeah, yeah 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 hundred yeah, yeah, like my parents yeah before. you know my mom my mom and dad started working from young but mm. you know they, i don't think like being like 
all that money and stuff was ever a big motivator for them though. Yeah. I think just working hard. So it's hard. just in your DNA. But <laughs> also like, I come from like a dead area, man. And I kind of felt I rebelled against it a little bit. Mm. I was just like, this is too boring yeah it's like very suburban i mm. come from the suburbs the minute that i turned 17 18 yeah. i was straight to dalston <laughs> like i went straight to dalston everyone from outside of london always comes straight to east london these days uh, that's where like, i went when i moved here no but back then it wasn't then like it was more like brixton and that but yeah you know it's so surprising because obviously i'm born and raised not actually i'm not born and raised in this country I was raised in London. So that like, whenever I see people come and they're like, oh my God, Peckham is so cool. Runs in college, uni. I was like, Peckham? Peckham's the end. You're going to get stabbed in Peckham. Because back in the day, mm. like, my mom, even my mom, I had spot. to like, educate her for a bit because she isn't, she, you know, she doesn't really leave like the area. So when I was telling her I was getting like night buses at 18 with all my camera equipment, like yeah. getting night buses, she was like, oh, don't get stabbed, please. Because <laughs> she was so scared that I was carrying all this ca- expensive camera equipment. Because I, I, I honestly, you. I look back at the shit I used to do and I'm like, wow, I really raped myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to leave the rave at five in the morning with all my camera equipment, you know, when I was 18 with 50 quid in my pocket, refusing to get a cab because that would be half my money gone. And then getting like three night buses home and I get home at like seven in the morning because I live in Twickenham and it takes me like three hours to get home. And I'm like, what was wrong with me? But <laughs> for, some, for some reason I did it for years, mm. years. I only moved out into London a year ago. My agent was like, okay, uh, Sophie, you need to get to London. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> so when you made that transition, when you finally said, okay, I'm no longer going to do my nine to five. I'm going to do photography full time. How was that? Was it hard? Was it a struggle? I was was actually going to, I didn't actually tell you what it was that made me. Yeah, that made you actually jump. But basically this is, this is what I mean about like making opportunities for yourself. I'm a bit of like, I just kind of just get myself into situations without realizing. But I went to, um, I went, I booked to go to New York and I, I got all my business cards printed or whatever for photography, and I was like, right. I don't know why I thought going to New York was gonna be the answer to all my like, problems. I was like, should, you know, conquer home first, but. So wait, you were w- still working your nine to five I was still working my nine to five. And what was your nine to five, by the way, remind me? Um, I was a producer in events. Yeah, you were uh, but it was in like sales, right? In telecoms. <laughs> yeah, okay. Events, selling okay. to 40 year old building engineers. Um, very, very fun. Very dry. Really fun. <laughs> um, talking about small sales and Wi-Fi. Oh my gosh, made me want to die. Um, I oh, I would say one thing is uh, I wouldn't change it because I you know if I hadn't have hated that job I wouldn't have left. If I got a job that I was comfortable in, who maybe knows you would have stayed. Be yeah, right yeah. Mm. yeah. So I'm very that's grateful that I hated my job. Mm. Very yeah. very grateful. So if you hate your job right now, that's a good know, thing. Look at it like a good yeah, thing. You, see, it's yeah. a good thing. See your way it's out. Force your way to to what you're meant to be doing. Mm. Um, anyway, um, so. I decided to book, you know, the events thing was going along, blah, blah, blah. And obviously I'm a little, I, you know, I like to party. I'm friends with lots of people. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go to New York, see what the scene's saying out there. Um, and I, you know, printed my business cards and I was like, let's just see what happens. So I, go. I love when business cards were still a thing, by the <laughs> way. I know, it's, it's quite happening. Kind of thing, like, it was like Moo, like Moo card. Yes, I, I got Moo cards Yeah, and they well. had like all my images. I was like, which image, which cards do you want? Like yeah. collector's ones. I was like, I've got sketch on this one. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I feel so, like business cards are st- they're, they're becoming obsolete, but they're still a thing. Like I'm still getting business cards now. I'm like, wow, people still do that. I feel yeah. like definitely more in the like corporate world. Mm, I find yeah. not in the creative less world. Less so is in it? the creative. Yeah. Side, just hit my Instagram. Instagram is your yeah. business card, and basically. also it, 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 you know you've got that ongoing conversation. Then mm-hmm. a business card, you can't reach out. Yeah. At least on Instagram, you take it exactly. and you're like, yo, it was lovely to meet you, kind of thing, and mm. that networking kind of continues. Mm. It's like, it's it's amazing, yeah. but. Um, yeah, I went with my business cards and I booked a studio in um, Bushwick, a big fat studio with my friends. Actually, I don't know if you know them, Tando and someone else. Um, and uh, we kind of actually just, we uh, threw a few events like in the in the space and we just like, we, we did something for Kuji and we got friends over Ooh. and we shot loads of stuff for Kuji, which was fun. Um, but. Anyway, we met when we met loads of people there, blah 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 blah. And then I ended up going to meet the Trapstar boys um, at their head office in Rock Nation. I'd I'd kind of already started doing a bit of photography for them, mm. just a little bit here and there, not very glamorous ecom stuff. And uh, I went to go see them, and I, I, I'm trying to think how much to say. Uh, <laughs> I, I went. I went. I can <laughs> say whatever you want to say. <laughs> I was just a podcast, so it's definitely. There's no holds barred, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, do not ruin your reputation or your career. <laughs> no, definitely. Well, no, I was sitting there and it was funny actually. I was sitting in the meeting and Rihanna's granddad comes in. I was like, wow, okay, that's interesting. But um, it was uh, an unusual environment anyway because we were in like Jay Z's office or whatever, and um, and the boys are like talking about you know they they want to do these fashion shows and you know and they want to you know. But they don't know what they're doing. They, you know, these two, the, these two boys that run it, they're from West London. Like, they don't know shit about running events. Yeah. I'm looking at them like, men, fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let me just help yeah, you. Yeah. I was literally like, I was like, so, um, uh, I don't know if I'm speaking out of place, but uh, I run events. <laughs> I was like, this is my thing. Yeah. This, this is uh, what I get paid to do. And they all looked at me like this, like savior, like, oh my god, <laughs> Jesus in the room, kind of thing. And I was like. I'll help you if you want. And they were like, yeah, fuck it. And I was just like, oh shit, what have I got myself into? <laughs> I've never produced a fashion show in my life. So they were like, okay, we've got this budget. We need to throw um, a fashion show in Paris um, in like three weeks. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll take oh it. Like cry- crying inside saying yes before in I- In Paris speak. too. Yeah, <laughs> crying inside. Cause I was like, what the fuck have I done? But I was also like, fuck it. Because obviously I come from telecoms. I've, I don't shoot, I don't, you know, I throw raves and I throw conferences. Fashion mm. shows, that's so a whole Another ball thing. game, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. and you're, you're, you've got to think about all the scheduling in Paris and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Anyway, realised I got myself into shit. So then they gave me this budget and I was like, fuck. So I like, sorry for all the swearing, but. Well, it, no, is it a sorry, decent mom. budget though, uh, at least? <laughs> um, no, no, of course not. No, of course not. Uh, no, 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 no. So it not was, only you know, that, you've got to make they're, it They're neat. a London homegrown, like, brand yeah. of course they had the investment and puma were sponsoring it but it was very like minimal for a sh- for a show on the main schedule like, yeah like, people don't realize fashion designers are broke yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's really like, it's, like yeah. it's a rich man's industry but yeah it's a exactly whole so I, I love the boys i love them and i love them so much for giving me that opportunity because that was the reason why i left my job mm. i remember being on in, um i remember frantically hiring interns and whatever and i was like didn't have a clue what i was doing bless them but i've got them some of my best friends now actually but um i i remember being on at my job um taking so oh, 
Sorry if you're hearing this. <laughs> uh, I was just like taking calls because I was doing sales. They look at like your times, obviously, of like what, how, how, how long you're on the phone. So I just constantly go to the conference room making calls about Paris. So I was yeah. just like constantly like not doing my job for like a whole like two weeks where I was literally just like, they're like, your call time's good, Sophie, yeah. but you're not signing your contract. So I was like, uh, yeah, shit, I need to get back on it. <laughs> But really, I was in the conference room trying to sort You're frantically, like, oh yeah, we're just negotiating, like, we're just negotiating. Frantically trying to find like these venues in Paris that would take us last minute for a bloody show. And we were like, we're paying cash, anything. It was just really stressful. <laughs> and I like, just got to a point like, why am I doing this to myself? And clearly I don't want to be at this job. And like, I remember my boss was just kind of a bit like, mm, do you want to be here? And I was like, in my brain, like, obviously not. Not. So, so he I, even called it out. He was like, well, you ain't putting in your work. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I've be been here. fired from all my jobs apart from this one. <laughs> <laughs> when I f- was fired from my other like pub jobs, they were like, we can tell you don't want to be here. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would I want to be here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to be in the pub forever. I'm only here just to like <laughs> yeah, make like, the next come thing on, make like, sense. That's just, uh, that's just dumb. Like, yeah. we all know why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, that um, was it. You get fired. I quit all my jobs. <laughs> I'm like, I've been better than this. <laughs> I yeah, can't no, I, no, but I'm like quite prideful. I don't like. I like. I do like still doing a good job with the mm. bare minimum. Um, so when they did like, you know, fire me or whatever. No, yeah, at the pub, or whatever. I was just like, okay, cool. Uh, whatever. I wanted it anyway. Um, but yeah, with the Clarion one, I remember resigning and I felt sick. I was like, oh my god. I remember telling my parents and I was like, Mom, Dad, quit my job. <laughs> oh no. I went to New York. I saw the light and I'm out. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I saw the light. <laughs> yeah, literally. That's exactly what it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, once you realise, you're think, like, wow. I think I remember seeing the blood draining from my parents' faces. Like, shit. Oh god. But she's gonna become a creator. You know, you know, <laughs> they, you know, they were honestly so supportive. Like to this day, my mum now admits to me she was like, I was absolutely shitting it. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was afraid for. She you. was like, I didn't want to say anything, but I was shitting it yeah because <laughs> so, we were so worried that you just weren't gonna like make money because yeah. they didn't understand it you know they're not yeah they're not from a creative background you're never really un- gonna mm. understand the concept of like charging people yeah she was like what do you mean you have to work for free why oh, would you have to i've had free? so many oh, of those conversations yes well, i mean obviously i you know i moved from yeah. australia so imagine not only did i move countries but then i also like quit my job and then tried to like do a different thing in the creative industry. So my dad was like, this bitch is gonna end up on the street. She's not gonna have any money, no food, well, especially no Australia nothing. to London. I know. It's yeah. such a foreign concept. Yeah, my mom's never seen me day. have, my mom's never seen me have like a, perm- I've never had like a nine to five or like an actual serious job job. So then when I, when I, I thought my business and when I, um, even though I sold my business, I was just like, my mom's like, just get a nine to five, just get a nine to five and just get some money in your pocket. And I was just like, no, no. I don't want to work for anybody ever. Like, I love the freedom of having my own time. I, I think I was quite spoiled in terms of, like, um, the nightclubs in, in Kent. Because mm-hmm. I was, I, again, I've, I've got a really strategic and, like, quite logical mind for a creative. Um, but I was just thinking, like, okay, so for every person that comes to the door, I'm making this much profit margin. And I'm, uh, and then so when I went to Clarion and oh, do I say that? Yeah, went you to Clarion. And, um, <laughs> great company. Uh, uh, when I guys. went there, that's when I was like, so for every hour I work here, this meant like one person, like you know, two, three people coming through my door and at night, like, and I don't have to do shit apart from market it. I just was able to kind of be like, this doesn't but really that, add but up. But that to makes me. sense because like. 
I think that's how you have to see any opportunity. You got you got to be very strategic about everything that you do. Otherwise, 100%. what's the point? If you just fall into it, oh, don't fuck it, I'm just gonna leave. But my, yeah, I think I, I was I was quite an unusual case because of, of because I come from a business degree. Both my agencies are, are like, oh, okay. I actually conquered commercial work before I conquered the art side. Yeah. So I have a very backwards way of approaching mm. um, work. Um, mm. And, you know, it's something that I was very insecure about for a long time. I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder, like, I didn't go CSM. Yeah. But because I was meeting all these people and they were like, and it made me feel like inferior a little bit, like, you know, uh, everyone like went to LCF, CSM and whatever. And I was like, I have a business degree from Kemp. Mm. <laughs> um, so I can imagine what that the it, looks yeah, back would have been it, like. For ages, I had this inferior, inferiority kind of like mm. thing. Imposter about, syndrome. Yeah, imposter syndrome. Because mm. I was like, do I even deserve to be in this field when mm. I feel a bit of like a phony? Like, But it's only in the last like year or two where I've really kind of really kind of consolidated my identity as like a photographer and a filmmaker yeah and i'm like you know what my story is interesting and mm. that's what makes me who i am now like my rave culture like influences yeah, and, yeah yeah you know and like coming from shooting parties and you know i'm bringing that to my work and like now i'm moving into editorials and stuff that's something i'm gonna definitely be anchoring my personal work in mm. um so it's only now about five six years later that i'm like Oh, okay, it's okay that I didn't go see a sandwich. Yeah, whatever. totally. And you don't have to. I feel like not in these days. But it's hot. Yeah, you don't. No, mm. I understand. The, I understand why you were feeling that. Obviously, yeah. but yeah. at the same oh, yeah, time, yeah. like our art becomes more unique the more that we kind of like push back into our story. You know, the more right? that we and fall I've only back, just realized that. Yeah, now. the more that we kind of tell the story of who we are and how we came to be, the better our point of view is and the better our work is. So it's funny when you're young, you're just trying to like fit in and make it work and make it understand. And but everyone's looking down, like, she, yeah, she's, she's not even a like, photographer. Mm. She didn't even get the proper qualifications. But the thing is, I don't even feel like anyone ever thought that. Mm. It was just like my paranoia. Mm. It is, yeah. it's yourself. You know, because like, even to this day when people like, you know, they come up to me and they're like, oh, I really love your work or whatever. I'm like really. <laughs> I, I honestly, it takes me back. It takes me back every time, mm. and I'm like, oh okay. Like I don't know what I'm doing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just blagging my way through life. Yeah, I've yeah. blagged my way through to the, to this point. Mm. It and seems it, like it. Yeah. yeah, I've kind of just said yes to everything. Yeah. As cliche as it is, I literally just say yes mm. and figure it out later. Mm. Mm. That's what my mum always says. My mum's like, there's not a job I can't do. So say yes to everything and just figure it out as you get in there. I'm honestly, cool. like, that's I, what I feel like I've got in how I've got in I, my I do, I do, I do mentorship programs and um, volunteering. And I'm very like, very much, you know, I'm really curious about that like 15 year old to like 18 yeah. year old um, age because I feel like you have so much influence on that age group because mm -hmm. I feel like I have so much wisdom to share to those kids. If mm -hmm. I'd known certain things, you know, I, I don't want to change my, the way that my life spanned out, but you know, if, if I knew certain things that would have made my life a little bit easier or made me- Would have taken the pressure yeah, off Yeah, taking the pressure mm -hmm. off myself and mm -hmm. be more forgiving and more compassionate with, mm -hmm. from, with myself. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's so important for me to give back to that age group because mm. I feel like you can really change some lives there. Yeah, you really can. Yeah, I've, I've worked with some girls and it's just like telling them that like, you know, every op like you can do whatever you want to do. That is, don't ever think that you can't. Yeah. Like yeah. it is just being ballsy and just take like, and not, 
taking the risk. Yeah, taking the risk. And I do fear. understand that's hard. That is a hard, mm. that that is the hardest part. Mm. I was very ballsy when mm. I was younger. Mm. I put myself in very weird situations, like not weird, but like most people would kind of crumble a little bit. Yeah. But you know, I thrive off that. Luckily, mm. that's maybe my character. But you know, I didn't say yes. I constantly introduced myself. I never stopped myself from mm. like approaching people. I mean, that's, that's really brave. Because I think that's one of my hindrances. Well, I'm getting better at it now, but I'm always like, when I'm trying to meet new people, build my <coughs> network, I'm always like, oh, because I've got such bad social anxiety. I, so like, uh, yeah. So like talking to someone for the first time literally terrifies me. Yeah. I just leave the room. I think I, think <laughs> I kind of just used to tell myself, and like I, I always tell, you know, the girls that I mentor as well, it's just, you just remember that they all brush the te- their teeth the same, they shit yeah. the same. Like, it's, you know, everyone's the same when you actually boil down. Like, mm. so, like, they've all got their mums, they've all cried to their mums about a broken heart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's yeah, those, yeah. like, common grounds that you never, it's always going to be there. So I kind of, like, remember that when I'm thinking about people and it's like, mm, these people are normal. Yeah. Yeah, yes, you can come across assholes. I've dealt with a lot of shit as a female in this industry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, that unfortunately it's part and parcel but i was gonna ask when you said that how has it been like being a female photographer because obviously the creative industry is a male orientated industry so how has it been being a female in this game um i suppose my answers have been getting more and more honest as time's gone on i Go think on. Fa- yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, honest we can team, we can man. tell the truth no yeah it's it's it's, it's hard it's really hard mm. i don't want to put people off um but you have to, you know, you do have to have a thick skin. You have to kind of have, I think it's really important to have a good support, a support network mm. of friends that you trust. And, um, and luckily, if, you know, if you're, if you're lucky to have a family that supports you, then that, that's great. Um, but, you know, it is, you've got a lot of men in the industry who yeah. like to throw their power. Mm-hmm. So most sets, would you say, are like, more on the male side than the woman's side yes yeah so you know it is it's a very exciting industry for a female to like come into at the moment because people are hungry to work with women Mm -hmm. you know it's a it's it's obviously a hot topic yeah it has been for a a little bit yeah um so if you're a woman and you're thinking about it you know it's definitely a very exciting time to come into the workspace because people are sick of men at the moment um yeah (laughs) so you know I've done jobs, for example, when I worked on, you know, uh, you know, I've done like Apple films and s- certain things like that. And I was always grateful for this guy that I worked with on this Apple job. I directed a film for Everyman Cinema on Apple. And it was uh, obviously my biggest commercial job. It's for Apple, Apple, and I creatively directed it and whatever. And I pitched it to the ECD of Apple over in LA. So it was, it was a lot of pressure, whatever. But um, so I was nervous and my first AD, which is an assistant director. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was about forty-five year old man. No, maybe even older, fifty. Oh my gosh. Been in the game for a while. Lovely guy. Really lovely guy. But I remember him saying to me, and I'll never forget it, he uh he, he, you know, he sat there and was just like, Look, I've been on I've been in this industry for a long time and <sighs> you know, and like and uh, you have to be careful because he was like, Trust your gut. Don't let a man tell you what to do. Don't qu- don't let a man question your own decisions because mm. he's like, I've seen it so many times where a man will speak over a female because they feel like they're more qualified to yeah. 
cut in you film. off. In yeah. film in particular, because yeah, yeah. film is a very male-dominated industry. Mm-hmm. Photography, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, but it's very it's a bit different. But um, film is like, you know, 90% men. Mm. Um, and he sat there and was like, I've got your back. Like, don't let these men on the set oh, that, make that you lovely. doubt yourself. Mm. Like, really trust that you've made the right decision. Like, take what they have to say, but, you know, I've seen it where they think that they know better. So... Mm. I'll never forget that piece of advice and the support from him. And I, I, I honestly, I've, I've, I'm so grateful to him because it really made me feel like, okay, there's some like, good this. men yeah, yeah, out there and I, I really t- should trust myself. And, yeah. you know, the job could have gone one way or the other if I, if I doubted myself. And like, that was really important. And I think that's something I would kind of say to most people, just trust your gut and your intuition because mm. it, it's hard when men question you because they think they're more qualified than you yeah mm. especially as a female director. yeah so you were saying photography <coughs> is a different ball game did you feel um yeah it's like slightly different it it's two different things in the sense that you know it's a bit more it's a bit more autonomous in the photography world like film is all about collabor- collaboration yeah, working of course teams. it is collaboration mm. and photography but i come from a documentary background so you know documentary is very intimate and mm-hmm. just me mm-hmm. um Whereas films, like, I'm, I'm, I'm running a set of, like, 50 people. Mm. So it's a different dynamic in that sense. And obviously film, I can't explain it. The industry's quite clicky. Everyone mm. knows it's very small. Yeah. It's, like, very different. Whereas photography is oversaturated, you know? Yeah. You know that. Like, mm. Instagrams, it's created every mm. photographer left, right, and centre. Yeah. It's an oversaturated industry. So it, you don't feel so, like claustrophobic in it because mm-hmm. you can keep yourself away yeah. from everything and you can do what you yeah. want to do really whereas you film is all built on crews everyone shares DOPs yeah. like you yeah. all like share the same crews it's all very incestuous so yeah. whereas photography is very like just autonomous yeah. like my assistant only works with this person this person who I don't know, do you know yeah. Yeah. so it's like okay cool like, I'm very separate Yeah. so you, you can kind of keep away from stuff if you're socially anxious or whatever like that you, you can kind of live quite a solitude like life like, on as your a photographer own. Yeah, yeah on your own whereas like film you can't yeah Absolutely. yeah you have to be in it and you have yeah. to be ready to ready for that and have a bit of a thick skin yeah because you know people pe- you know any with any kind of industry that's that small it comes mm. with bad stuff so do you have any like i mean when you look back on <coughs> everything and mm. and look at the journey as a whole do you have any kind of steps or you know points that you would suggest as like if you are trying to go from corporate to creative or you are trying to make a change in your career at all like is there a step process that you feel like start here end here <clears throat> you know do is there something that you can kind of recommend if someone was feeling like hang on a second this isn't really where I want to be yeah or like what's the journey what what does the journey entail for you to get there because sometimes it's not about steps because I feel like there's no clear steps mm. to anything. To, What's the journey? To be fair, like, I'm quite practical. I would say to be realistic in terms of making sure that you've got enough money to survive. Yeah. And money I think I did key. all the maths. <laughs> like, I used to sit there and think, and that's what I've, I've said previously, uh, you know, earlier about, you know, fig- figured out what I'm earning a year, what that breaks down to as an hour, like, per hour, what mm. I'm earning per week, yeah. and how much, how many jobs I needed to do per week to make sure I was living you know yeah obviously i was willing to take a salary drop so i was kind of like okay cool so i'm earning this right now if i earn this i can survive so you know that's the first step for me it's like how was it the few years because obviously you went like straight out the back getting jobs left right and center mm. so how was it did you ever feel like hard, giving man. up 
hard. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was, was fast world problems, but I was like, I booked um, flights to LA because I was like, I need to go and network. I made loads of like good contacts, so it was worth it. But I remember crying to my mum like, Mum, I'm minus 500 in my overdraft. I don't know what to do. She's like, well, why are you going to LA then? But I was like, I need to. <laughs> to make contacts, you don't understand. And I was just like crying because I was so broken. And I just went to LA and kind of had no money, but you know, somehow made, managed to make it <laughs> work. Um, but I think once I'd figured out how much I was earning um, an hour, I, that really is quite a like sobering thing because you're like, oh, this is my salary. You actually work out how long you work and like the, how hard you work. Mm -hmm. And you, at that age, when I was that age, and then you figure out what you're earning an hour, you're like, Wow, oh, like I could be working in a restaurant and getting really good tips at, for this amount. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I was just kind so of I like, I never did that, you know. I never. It's sobering. I you're know. Like, you think, oh yeah, corporate high life, and then you figure <laughs> it out, and you're like, wait a second, this doesn't add up. Yeah. <laughs> so like, once I'd done that, and I, that was like for me, was like, okay, it's not that unattainable to leave and do something else, mm -hmm. even if it means I have to work in a pub. Yeah, you know, and like that for me was like, you know, whatever. Luckily, I never had to go and do another job, like an another nine to five. That's I good. just took it on the chin. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I'll be broke. Oh yeah, I don't have the money. I'll That's just be what broke. It is. You know? Yeah, because like for me in London, I know it's hard for people. I was living at home. I'm very blessed. I was li living at home, um, but you know, I was able to be like, cool, just get bus. I won't, you know, I won't eat out. Whatever, I'll network. And like, I think oh, not you made them sacrifices. Yeah, mm. just, yeah, yeah. Just made those kind of like cool. Like I'll take it. I'd rather that than be unhappy. You know, mm. um, I, I'm very privileged to be in a position where I was able to do that. So without, you know, I appreciate people have rent to pay and stuff. So I was lucky. But that kind of for me made me really hungry. Every day, the panic of having to go back to my nine to five drove me so like when i like like practically practically the practical steps that i took i quit my job and obviously i did the trap star stuff whatever every day i had a spreadsheet on excel of and honestly spreadsheets these days like i'm becoming i'm falling in love oh no oh don't get God, twisted i, I didn't it. know how like it was no fancy shit no it was uh basics <laughs> i was like okay i did sales i'll treat it like my pipeline in sales so I was like, fine. I put all the agencies, creative directors, editors, stylists, every single name, contact that I needed in this industry to succeed. I like, and I'll tell you the next step as well, because I do think these practical steps help for people. But like, you know, I wrote, I wrote these agents, I did my research, who are the top advertising agencies, and then go down PR companies. PR companies are easier access than advertising agencies because they do social stuff, mm -hmm. which is below the line stuff. So it's easier at entry level stuff mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. the younger kids, the amateur, the people that are starting the advertising campaigns, you know, when you're a bit more um, experienced. So I knew that I started to figure out PR was my entry level to mm -hmm. the industry. So, mm -hmm. you know, shooting all the parties, doing social stuff as Instagram was becoming a thing. So I just literally went on LinkedIn and um, I typed in the businesses. So like Adidas and put marketing. And then I just wrote all the names of all the people and then I guessed all their emails. Mm. So I'd, I'd type into Google um, Adi uh, Adidas email and be like, okay, it's 
John at blah 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 blah. So this would have been when you you know because obviously there's websites now that you can go yeah, and figure that out. Yeah, there's two websites now that can do that in the modern but day. Probably back then you couldn't. Those yeah, no, exist. no, you probably couldn't. No. no. So I just use LinkedIn. So if you don't have those websites, LinkedIn's honestly great because also oh, you, you still need LinkedIn though. LinkedIn yeah, yeah. Is like your main. Man. But you can yeah. like that's how I like kind of suss things out, figured mm-hmm. out what people's jobs were because at that point I didn't understand what an art buyer was, what a commissioner yeah. was. I didn't mm. understand the, t- the difference. So I was able to look at what people were like, their own career, build a picture and understand where, you know, what, you know, how I approach it. Because mm. I remember even messaging someone on LinkedIn and saying, I don't know what your job is. Can you explain it to me? That's how much I don't give a fuck. Like anything out there is for you. Just do yeah, it. Yeah, I remember yeah. I hitting up this art buyer and I was like, hi, I hope you don't mind me messaging, but, I really like, I'm interested in getting into art buying. I, I didn't want to get into art buying, but I just needed to know what the job was. And she, bless her, wrote me a fat long email about, you know, what art buying was. But you also got to remember people got egos. So, yeah. you know, people like to feel like they know shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I always want to share what of, they know. Yeah. 100%. And like, I've done some mad shit like that in terms of like, I, at one point when I was trying to figure out whether I was going to leave my job, I looked at Exposure PR and I really liked them because they had Nike and like Levi's, whatever. And I found the CEO's, CEO's LinkedIn of Exposure and they're a big, com- well-respected boutique company. And I just got his email and I emailed him. <laughs> and I was just like, so hi, uh, really love your company and really wanna work with you and this is why I'm sick. And the guy replied and was like, wow. He literally replied, I didn't expect him to reply, but he was like, wow, I haven't had an email like that for a long time. And he was like, and then he introduced me to all the heads of department. And then he was just like, you know, well done for reaching out to me. Cause most people don't have the balls to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, and then he, and I got an interview the next day. Um, so LinkedIn is definitely the place. And I built that, you know, I built that spreadsheet. I was literally sending about 50 emails out a day. Wow. Mm. That's uh, what it takes. Like, yeah. If honestly. It, and I've, honestly. I still speak to my friends now. I'm like, send those emails. <laughs> Don't complain to me about not getting jobs if you're not sending those emails. Yeah. You've got to treat it like a sales job. Yeah. yeah. I literally had the color co- codes and everything. You know, green, red, you know, I, orange. I still don't do that now with my print business. Like, when I first started, like, I had... Well, my mum was backing me for a little bit. And then when I got my studio space, she was like, so what's going to happen when the doors open? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, you need customers. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so I did the same thing. I did the emails. I wrote every fashion designer I ever wanted it, to work with, every school, and I was just like, I do it, it sounds common sense, but people do forget that's what it takes. Mm. Mm-hmm. When I tell certain people, they're like, really? And I'm like, yes, mm. you have to treat it like a sales job. Well, I mean, you there's need a... to sit on your laptop and, and do pit. the work. Yeah, it's yeah. true. There's a project that I'm, I've just finished, and I'm like, I know that I need to like spend some time writing out all the emails of all the people that I want to send it to to try and get it featured somewhere but I just like oh my god it's such a long it is so much effort tedious project that's what I was saying the fear of going back to a job I hated Mm. and like that I'm really I'm so like proud I'm like I'm not not gonna fail because Mm. I've quit and I'm I've told everyone I've quit I'm not going back yeah (laughs) I can't fail at this because I've got too much pride yeah so that's what drove me and Mm -hmm. like so I, I was sending out all those emails just connecting with this is going to inspire me now yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go and do and, it next week i say to people and like, they're like oh i emailed them they didn't get back to me and yeah like, what do you, you do after that yeah, but who cares bro <laughs> email them again exactly. <laughs> i'm just like okay like just lose your pride your yeah that's what it is isn't it to put, take that ego and sit it back down over there yeah and take it you know yeah. like yeah, yeah yeah i emailed that ceo he could have just told me to fuck off but 
sometimes it wins and sometimes you mm. don't get mm. over it mm. like that that is the harsh reality of it mm. people don't like you in this life some people do they don't yeah. that's reality yeah. like you're gonna get yes you're gonna get a no take it on the chin mm. like every no but it's not personal like it's not you know it might be bad timing they might be busy they might be there's so many things as to why they didn't reply or why mm. they said no mm. it's it's never just about you it's yeah. like and if they and if they do say no why ask them why yeah if they don't get back to you cool but at least you asked you know yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. like a job interview when you want feedback why why are you, why are you not engaging in w- yeah. with me why does this work not resonate with you yeah you know where where can i improve yeah mm-hmm. and that's where you know that fearlessness of and you know and like not being afraid of rejection is really important mm. you have to let go of that otherwise mm-hmm. you're gonna fall at the first hurdle yeah mm-hmm. um but I think what's important as well for me was a priv- pivotal part in my career was after that I looked for a mentor. Mm. So I was very, very lucky in terms of being, I met this woman called Madeline and she um, was a producer at a big advertising agency. Cause I was here and I was doing Adidas parties and I was like doing quite well, boiler room. Like I was shooting all these things I was and, and my price, my, well, my day rate was going up, but I was like, okay, look, I need no, to my, take my it. My rate's going up. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and that buzz, I need to take it to the next level, like in terms of like, okay, where, like, I want an agent, I want to do campaigns, I want to do billboards. So I found this, I found her, and she's, um, she's a producer at this agency, and I reached out to her, and I was like, I don't suppose you'd be interested in mentoring me. How she, did you find her? Did you just Google? I actually found her through my ex-boyfriend. Uh, it was like a friend but mm-hmm. it, you know if i'm lucky again because that was a yeah, that was a contact so i would encourage you guys again to go on linkedin and reach out because like i said people love to talk about themselves so mm. you know and like, i love like how you got feel, real close on that one like, yeah <laughs> they love to talk about they themselves. really do so <laughs> don't be afraid to ask because some people would love to like mentor people you know mm. they love to be able to like you know some people also just want to give back you know yeah. so um i met her and I spent about a year and a half with her every once a month meeting her and um, and basically going through, we'd set goals every time. Uh, we'd go through my portfolio. We She'd like make edits of my work. She'd then tell me all the job titles, who what art directors would be good for me. Like this person works at this place and they do all the Adidas campaigns. You need to reach out those kind of things she really kind of basically gave me a crash course in advertising like Mm. and how to please clients showed me treatments all those like processes that you would normally get from an agent but Mm. i just wasn't quite ready for an agent yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. i developed with her for about a year and a half um i was actually paying her a bit of money as well just like 50 quid Mm. for an hour every month because i was just like i felt like i wanted to give her something like Mm. for her time and then, um, and then I got, and then off because of that, I got signed, um, because I was, I'd, you know, I'd filled all the gaps in my portfolio, portfolio because of her, and I got, um, got signed with an agent. So, so what would you say is like your ultimate career goal then? Uh, ultimate career goals ever, it's ever changing. It, is it always changing. does. I'm always like, okay, you always think that you're the goal that you've set. You're like, yeah, I'll be really happy if I do that, and then you yeah. do it, and you're like. Okay, what's next? <laughs> um, so, uh, 
I don't know, man. Like, because if you told me three years ago I was going to be a director, I would have told you to fuck off. Like, yeah. I was like, I wouldn't yeah. ever think that I would so do that. So you don't really have a, a macro plan, a major plan? I You're have a like very, very, very macro plan in terms of my, like, where my career is going next. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very strategic. Yeah, okay. I've got, like, the next six months plan next year. Yeah. I I, I've got it mapped out in my but head. But there's no, like, end goal, basically. No, I just You're just be like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> that that, that is the end goal. That's no, I want to. No, I do want to be. I used to think that I wanted to just be rich, but and hence why um, I, I, I did used to think I wanted to just be rich. But I actually realized what, after doing my job, I was like, no, 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 no. There's there's definitely more to life than just being rich. Yeah. Um, hence why I quit my job. Uh, I think I would love to. You know, I wanna. I wanna. I, I'm getting my visa sorted for America and signing to American agents in in America. That's what everyone's doing. Everyone's going to America. The well, money the is click. in America. It is. I know, but man, the place is not... <laughs> the place it's right now... crazy right now. As a black person, I really want to go, but at the same time, I really can't. It's just... It's just I just feel you like... Know, I, feel, I, I feel you. I, um, I feel you. Um... Uh, I, f- I feel you about that. I wouldn't live there. God, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, just, just get my get money and bounce. Yeah, <laughs> get my money and I'm out. <laughs> no, I did a job in sp- for Spotify in LA in October and uh, I got a taste of the high life. So I was <laughs> like, wow. This is what it is. I want this kind of check. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because it is. It's like, because the American market, like mm-hmm. musicians that break America, You once you break America, you've made it. Because mm. the money, and money the budgets mad. are just like five times the size mm. of, you know, London. So you do eventually want to break that market. And like, I definitely feel like for London, like Londoners, they love, like, they love British Londoners over in there. Mm. So like America and you're very sellable over there. Mm. Um, so um, that was naturally my next step. Um, I definitely my base will always be here and I'll just fly between the two mm-hmm. but yeah that is my next step and I want to be making like big music videos um, and m- more films um, and I'm now actually exploring more art stuff really cool. I, you know I feel like I'm doing a lot of commercial stuff but you know now I feel like I've got the freedom to explore to my be own a bit more creative yeah mm. I'm, I'm planning like documentaries and stuff around the world mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Trinidad and a few other places and Cool. Compton and stuff. So Ooh. I'm kind of trying to get out of the London bubble and kind of, yeah. you know, do more stuff. Yeah. So that's, you yeah. know, but I've got a very macro plan in terms of business strategy. Yeah. But cool. Yeah. All right. Well, where can people find you if they don't know your work already? Oh my God. I hate my hashtag. Do I mean, it. My, my, Tell my them. App. <laughs> <laughs> I made it when I was 18. <laughs> so, uh, no. Uh, yes. Uh, my uh, Instagram is Sophography London. S O P H. Oh, I don't hate it. I don't know why you hate yeah. it. Yeah, because it's so cringe. I was like, oh my god, Sophie, photography, photography, photography. <laughs> I'm a genius, <laughs> and I was just like, wow, that's so cringe. So now it makes me want to die. But like, it don't ever change your like app because it removes all your apps from your all the old posts. So if you're like oh, yeah. tagged, like say People like when I did you. something for Gucci and they tagged me, like you wouldn't be able, they, they wouldn't be able to connect to you anymore. Mm. So uh, that's why I haven't changed it. It's very mm. important. Don't do that. But yeah, so that's where you can find me. Well, thank you very much.
I yes. really enjoyed this convo. I it feel like it was really inspiring. good, right? Yeah. It was. I, I'm going to go away. And I feel like I didn't give enough practical advice, but you know. No, I think you fine. did. We'll come back for a part two. If you want a part two, let us know. Yeah, <laughs> let us know. I'll give you the workshop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the we, how to say we could have kept talking, couldn't we? I yeah. feel like definitely so you should do a workshop with us and we'll go from there. So yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> In workshop. Watch this sure. space. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. I've been, uh, I'm Renee and we're out for the week and we'll talk to you next time thank you guys bye thank you bye, bye.